This Month of Womanica is brought to you by LinkedIn. What does it mean to you to be professional? On LinkedIn, important conversations are happening around what that word means and how it's changing as we rethink when, where, and how we work. LinkedIn members are talking about things like needing more flexibility and taking time away from work to focus on family or mental health. Those things should not stunt career development and growth. Instead, the workplace will be better when we show up on our own terms. Professional is ours to define, and our authentic selves are our professional selves. Post your truth, show the world the authentic professional you, and join the conversations redefining professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, welcome professionals. Hey listeners, it's Jenny with another podcast I think you'll love, TED Talks Daily. Every weekday, you'll hear new ideas on every topic imaginable, from artificial intelligence to how the war in Ukraine can change everything. One episode in particular that I thought you'd really like is the recent talk from creator, comedian, and actress Lily Singh. Lily gets into how women and girls are conditioned to believe success is a seat at the table, when really, we should build a better table. She's hilarious and not only shares intimate experiences from her career, but also offers ways we can build a more inclusive society where girls are encouraged and empowered to do great things. Stick around to hear part of her talk or head over to TED Talks Daily from the TED Audio Collective, wherever you listen. Hi, from Wanda Media Network, I'm Elsa Majimbo. This is Humanica. This month, we're talking about innovators, women who helped shape the world we live in today. From inventors to thinkers, their decisions to explore new paths led us to where we are today. In the 19th century, it was rare for patent holders to be women. But during that time, one woman received over 20 patents, including the first patent for a paper bag folding machine. Let's talk about Margaret Knight. Margaret was born on February 14th 1838 in York, Maine. Margaret's father passed away while she was still a child. In order to support her mother at the age of 12, Margaret left school and began working in a cotton mill. Growing up, Margaret was known for her industriousness. She was an avid woodworker and often built kites and sleds by hand. At the cotton mill, she was no different. While working, she noticed how often people got injured by malfunctioning looms. Before she'd even turned 13, she built a safety device to prevent the injuries. Her invention took off and soon became a staple in cotton mills across the country. But because Margaret didn't patent her invention, she was never paid for her work. Margaret eventually left the cotton mill and worked in various industries, from photography to upholstery. Then, in 1867, she began working at the Columbia Paper Bag Company. At the time, machines could only produce envelope-shaped paper bags. In order to produce a studier bag with a flat bottom, people had to fold the bag by hand. But Margaret thought that process could be automated. And after a year of experimenting, she had built a fully operational machine that could cut, fold, and glue paper together to produce a flat bottom bag. This time around, 
Margaret knew she needed to get her invention patterned, but that didn't come without its challenges. Charles Anand, who worked in the shop where Margaret's machine was built, had also filed a patent for Margaret's machine, claiming it as his own. Margaret didn't back down. She took him to court. Charles argued that there was no way the machine was Margaret's because she couldn't possibly understand the mechanical complexities of the machine. Margaret proved him wrong when in court she presented the detailed blueprints of her machine, all drawn by hand. Charles had no such blueprints to match, and Margaret won the case. In 1870, the pattern for the paper bag machine was officially hers. Margaret's machine was used all around the world to make paper bags. She went on to co-found her own paper bag company called the Eastern Paper Bag Company. She never stopped inventing and in the next 30 years would receive over 20 patents for everything from a shoemaking machine to a combustion engine. Although Margaret was a prolific inventor and her inventions allowed her to live comfortably, restrictions on the amount of money she could make from the patent sales meant she was never extremely wealthy. When she died on October 12, 1914, she had $300 to her name. Today, you can see a model of Margaret's original paper bag folding machine in the Smithsonian National Museum of American History. And in 2006, Margaret was inducted in the National Inventors Hall of Fame. To this day, machines that manufacture paper bags are still based on her original design. As always, we're taking a break for the weekend. For more information and pictures of some of the work we're talking about, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to co-creators Jenny and Liz Kaplan. You see, my goal was always a seat at the table. It's what women are conditioned to believe success is. And when the chair doesn't fit, when it doesn't reach the table, when it's wobbly, when it's full of splinters, we don't have the luxury of fixing it or finding another one. But we try anyways. We take on that responsibility and we shoulder that burden. Now, I've been fortunate enough to sit at a few seats at a few different tables, and what I've learned is when you get the seat, trying to fix the seat won't fix the problem. Why? Because the table was never built for us in the first place. The solution? Build better tables. So, allow me to be your very own IKEA manual. I would like to present to you a set of guidelines I very eloquently call how to build a table that doesn't suck. I've been told I'm very literal. <laughs> now, right off the bat, let me tell you, this assembly is going to take more than one person or group of people. It's going to take everyone. Are you ready? Should we dive in? Let's do it. Up first, don't weaponize gratitude. Now, don't get me wrong. Gratitude is a great word. It's nice, it's fluffy, a solid 11 points in Scrabble. Okay? <laughs> However, let's be clear. Although gratitude feels warm and fuzzy, it's not a form of currency. Women are assigned 10% more work and spend more time on unrewarded, unrecognized, and non-promotable tasks. 
Basically, what this means is all the things men don't want to do are being handed to women, and a lot of those things largely include things that advance inclusivity, equity, and diversity in the workplace. So hear me when I say, a woman shouldn't be grateful to sit at a table; she should be paid to sit at a table, <laughs> especially ones she largely helped build. And a woman's seat shouldn't be threatened if she doesn't seem grateful enough. In other words, corporations, this step involves a woman doing a job and being paid in money, opportunity, and promotion, not just gratitude. And women, yeah, go ahead, live it up, do your, do your, live your life. And women, a moment of real talk. Trust me, I've been there, and I know it is so tough. But we have to understand and remember. That being grateful and being treated fairly are not mutually exclusive. I can be grateful but still know exactly what I deserve, and that's the way to do it. <laughs>